What's good, everybody? Welcome into a, another episode of the I-80 Football Show for Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Jordan. And unlike normal, or as I always say, as always, I am not joined by my co-host, Dante. Dante um, decided to be a good son uh, and decided to, to, you know, enjoy his life, which, I mean, why would you do that? He is um, <clears throat> at a football game. So uh, I'm here by myself. Uh, hopefully that is okay. This is maybe my second or third solo podcast in two or three years. So it doesn't happen often, but we are going to get in and we are going to get out. I have a clock figuratively set for 45 minutes because as much as I like to talk, I don't enjoy talking to myself. And we have uh, two Monday night football games on tonight. So there are other things to do. So. Today, what are we doing? Well, what am I doing? It's not a we. Um, we are going, well, again, I'm going to uh, talk about Mel Tucker very, very briefly because Dante's not here and there's no point in me going, you know, full bore into it and then having to do the same thing next week when Dante's here. So also it's going to allow for the news to play out. It's going to allow for Mel Tucker to respond potentially. Well, actually not potentially because he's been saying a bunch of stupid stuff in the media uh, and through his lawyer. So it's going to allow Mel Tucker to respond and, you know, we'll have maybe have a little bit more finality if that's the right word by next week. And then as always, we're going to recap. We're going to review. We're going to preview. We have some players of the week. We're going to do the AP ranking thing for whatever the reason that we do that. Um, and we're going to get out of here. So like I said, 45 minutes on the clock, uh, you all, you know, can pull up your clock or look at the, uh, obvious show notes to see if I stuck to that. Um, okay. Mel Tucker. So Mel Tucker, uh, is going to be fired, right? We now know that officially, um, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination, the smartest person in the world. I do not know everything, but I do know a couple of things. And I clearly know more than Mel Tucker, because one thing that I do know for an absolute fact is that you cannot and you cannot involve yourself in any sort of sexual relationship with a vendor. Um, in most cases, you can't even involve yourself in a sexual relationship with a coworker. Um, but at bare minimum, you are not allowed to involve yourself in any sort of relationship where there is a power dynamic, right? And Mel Tucker is what top five most powerful people at Michigan State, right? You know, sure, he's not making decisions on academics and things like that, but many of the institutions go as the football team goes, and he is absolutely the most um, high-paid person there. And I don't know what Jim Harbaugh's contract is, but he is either the number one or the number two highest-paid player in person in the state, because if you are unaware college employees are state employees. So he is a government employee at that making, you know, what is it? Uh, $9.5 million a year base. I think he signed a 10 year, $95 million contract. So he is in power, right? And then on top of that, when you as the head coach bring in Brenda Tracy as the vendor to talk to your program um, about sexual assault, about setting the expect, uh, setting the expectation about, uh, you know, stopping the uh, violent and sexual and misogynistic culture 
that is in some football programs um, and with young men, you are hiring her. For one, she is a vendor. She's being paid. Um, you and for those of you who don't know or don't typically think about it, typically, especially at universities like this that have this kind of money, not only are you paying them, you are also typically paying for their flight, their arrangements, their travel. A lot of times, if you're good, right, because you have the money. So if you're good and nice, you pay for their food and everything. So this is it's a work trip, but it's an all expense paid trip of a sort. Right. So it's more money than even you might think. And I heard somewhere that they paid her $10,000 for essentially each of those things. And then you bring her in and you make her an honorary captain, which is putting this like, right, like if you have Brenda Tracy come as some three, 400 other institutions have, you don't really know about that typically. But Michigan State through Mel Tucker decided to make this public, which is not a negative thing. It's actually if you're doing it right, it's a very positive thing because they brought her in and they let and they they got to speak to her platform and they wore the shirts and it really looked like they were championing championing her cause, which is a positive. But instead, you're doing all of these things. And either actively or trying to engage in a sexual relationship. Um, you committed a form of a sexual act, um, whether consensual or not. We don't need to get into that again because we've already done almost an hour on the fact that we, me and Dante, Dante and I, dramatically, uh, fully believe that he did it and that he actually sexually harassed her. But whether you believe he did or did not, he admitted to buying her gifts. He admitted to texting and calling her on his personal phone. He admitted to having conversations about would she be with him if he wasn't a football coach or if he wasn't married because he was married. And lastly, and most damning, he admitted to masturbating on the phone with her, but lied about saying this happened at home. This is not a smart man, right? You're not smart because, first of all, at bare minimum, what you thought, like, so I don't believe he thought he was going to save his job, but I do believe that he thought that he could, um, as I've heard in other places, and I tend to agree, he thought he could um, Tennessee this. I'm, lo I'm losing track of the Tennessee coach's name. He thought he could Tennessee this where he could make it public and he could scare the university into settling with him because he knew he wasn't going to coach again and he knew he wasn't going to get his buyout. So he thought that he could scare them by making it public and trying to victimize himself. He could get them to settle. But the problem, because he's not a smart man, is he didn't know the details of his contract. He may have known 10 years, 95 mil a year, 95 mil total, nine and a half a year. He may have known what his incentives and bonuses and things were, but he had absolutely no clue what was actually in his employment contract. Because if he did, he would have shut the hell up, right? He wouldn't have said anything. He would have let it play out by admitting because here's the thing, right? He's getting fired, but he's not getting fired for the sexual harassment. That still has to play out. That hearing still has to happen in October. And whether you believe it or not, or whether you think it should happen this way or not, the university essentially said, we didn't get this report. The report was done, but the report 
because there wasn't a decision made and because it was going to trial, the, the report was only shared with Tucker and with Brenda Tracy and her team and his lawyer. I think that is probably bullshit. I think that there was probably a way for them to get the report, even if they didn't. But basically what they're saying is, we didn't know the details of this. You admitted publicly that you broke the law and the rule of your contract. You broke your moral clause. You broke the clause of not uh, of doing something essentially of embarrassing the university and bringing a bad light on the university. And thirdly, you broke the clause that says you cannot engage in sexual contact, sexual intimacy, sexual anything with a vendor or an employee of the, the university, especially someone who is under you, right? And as a vendor for those hours, days, whatever, you are an employee of the university, you are being paid by the university and effectively Mel Tucker was her supervisor. So he's dumb. Right, he's just not intelligent. There's no signs of intelligent life here um, because we don't know what's gonna happen with the sexual harassment. We have to wait until October for that, a couple weeks away. But we know that he's going to be fired because he admitted publicly to violating his contract in at least three ways. Four, if you believe the sexual harassment. So Mel is getting fired. They are firing him for cause. They are doing the steps and the things that need to be done, um, which is essentially you have to to be able to get, especially the size of the contract, but in general to fire someone for cause, essentially you have to inform them and you have to give them a week or so to deny the allegations and present evidence in however else you have to do due process, et cetera you can't just like fire them. So they're doing that publicly. They have let it be known. They have sent the letter. They have explained expressly how and why he violated his contract and why they're able to uh, fire him for cause. And so we will see what happens. Um, we will get more into this next week when Dante's here. Um, and, you know, we see what uh, comes out of it and we see what Mel Tucker says. Um, so that's that. That That is the news of the week um so with that we uh I keep saying we i'm so used to having somebody else on here i will be back uh here shortly right after the break for the ads all right everybody welcome back to a solo version of the i80 football show i am on a solo road trip uh i do and have done solo road trips um anything less than 10 hours well technically 12 Anything less than 12 hours is drivable for me. Um, 10 hours, though, is where I really start to consider it. Like, you know, Atlanta is mm, 10 or so hours, I believe. That's a trip that I would make. Once you get to 12, it depends on how long I'm there. Uh, if I'm only there for a weekend, I'm going to fly. If I'm going to be there for like five to seven days. So I have a couple of travel days. I might drive because I hate the airport. It's not always faster. You have stupid layaways. Like why would I be flying to Atlanta and have a layover in Detroit? I live in Columbus, opposite direction. Um, I like to listen to my music. I like to do the things that I like to do. And I am a bigger guy. So I like to 
not be stuffed in a seat next to strangers. Uh, so this is a much more comfortable, although not by much because my office chair is awful, uh, much more comfortable solo road trip than before. And the music's not as good because the music is the sound of my voice and not actual music. So uh, let's get it going. So what are we going to do? We are going to recap. And I'm just going to say the re. I'm just going to say the royal we and just accept the fact that I'm not saying I. The royal we is we as in you all listening. This is what we're going to do as a unit. We're going to talk about the game. So what happened? Virginia at Maryland. Maryland wins 42-14. This score is a lie, right? This is a game where Maryland fell down 10 to 14 points again, and it was very close for a while, and then they exploded, which is like, eh, I guess you could, you know, if you're a Maryland fan, you're probably proud of your team and say like, hey, you got to win your clunkers. If you're not a Maryland fan, you might say, oof, there might be some questions there. Um, the final score makes it look pretty if you're a stat watching, if you're looking, you know, at the box score. But, uh, you know, not great, not perfect. Uh, Wisconsin, 35-14. Just take everything I just said, redo it, just, just write in there. Uh, Wisconsin was losing to Georgia Southern. This is also a really ugly game. And I have, like, Maryland, it's like, you're going to be fine. I still think you're going to win eight, nine games. Which, but spectacularly, I picked Wisconsin to win 10 games, not because I thought that they would be good, but I thought that they would be competent with Luke Fickle. And I thought most, if not all, of the West would be awful. And come to find out, I was right about the West. Can't say that I was right about Wisconsin. Um just and and the biggest problem with Wisconsin, right? They hired Phil Longo, and and listen, it's fine, technically, right? Technically, to want to change and modernize the offense, that's okay, that is allowed. But pick someone better, right? And and more importantly, pick someone who is going to get the best out of your players, right? It is always going to be a two or three year job to change a system. It's especially as drastically as they want to change it. It's always going to be that. But in the midst of changing your system, you have to get someone who can get the best out of your players and who can make them successful in your system. And Phil Longo clearly, clearly cannot do that because he refuses to use Braylon Allen, who could be a top five, top 10 running back in the country. And at least for two games, but maybe all three, Ches Malusi, who was just not a good running back, he's just not, has gotten more carries than Braylon Allen. Braylon Allen had 12 carries for 94 yards. And you would think, damn, Maybe I should give him 15. What would happen if we gave him 20? Chaz Malusi had 15. Um, so it's just bad. It's just bad. They'll probably still win eight or nine games because the West is awful, or we're going to get a Pac-12 style shootout where everyone beats each other up and they win seven or eight. But they do still have a pretty relatively easy schedule. So 
whatever. Penn State, 30 to 13 over Illinois. This is another game. This is the theme of this week, right? <laughs> Games that are not as close, that is not as uh, big as the final score states. Um, Penn State looked bad. This just, well, okay. Let me clarify. Penn State's offense looked bad. Their defense, amazing. Um, very good. So shout out to them. Um, I feel like they're always going to have a good defense. Uh, shout out to Brian Flores for not ruining the defense. Not that I thought that he would, but he is a very aggressive defensive coordinator, uh, very boomer bust. And so I, I do still think that might hurt them at times because I do think they lost talent in some um, very important places, safety and corner. And so I would like to see how they play against uh, Tulua against a Ohio State against a team that actually has wide receivers, but against these types of teams, they're gonna do it. They're gonna get it done, and they did it. But it was not impressive. Drew Aller completed less than fifty percent of his passes. Neither running back had more than fifty-five yards. That is Ktron Allen and Nick Singleton. Um, Four point one yards per carry, which is decent in the NFL. That is not good in college. Uh, for those of you who weren't aware of that, 4.1 is not good. That's not what you're looking for. This is not an NFL team. This is not three yards in a cloud of dust. Uh, Illinois, uh, man, I, 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 I'm, I'm working on a take. I'm working on a theory that Illinois is going to be the reverse of last year. And what I mean by that is last year, Illinois won X number of games in a row. I don't remember the exact number, but they won X number of games in a row. And then they lost like four of their last five. I think that this is a team that is going to go two and three or three and three or three and four, something like that, and just clean up the rest of their schedule. Man, their schedule is not very good. Um, well, I mean, it's good for them, but it's not very tough. And um, I've seen some things that are, you know, I, I've seen some things that are encouraging. That's the word that I'm looking for. Uh, Luke Altmeyer. Um, I think has a chance to be a good quarterback next year. I think this year he has a chance to not hurt them in games where they uh, are of more equal talent, which is not Penn State. Even with having them win 10 games, I did not think that they would beat Penn State. But here's the rest of their schedule very quickly because uh, we do still have 45 minutes on the clock. They lost to Penn State, but they have FAU, Purdue, who's looked awful, Nebraska, who's looked worse, Maryland. That's a game that they probably lose. Okay, so they're not going to go 10-2, but 9-3 and three is still there. Wisconsin, who has no identity and has looked bad. Minnesota, who's looked <laughs> – Minnesota, I knew it was going to be a down year, but, Lord, I didn't know it was going to be that bad. Indiana, bad. Iowa, same old Iowa. I mean, they've turned uh, they've turned Cade McNamara into a, a below average quarterback when his suit his trait was that he was average. Um, they've made him awful. He has three interceptions in three games, and he had six and fourteen last time he was a starter. So, what does that tell you? And then the last game is against Northwestern. So why can't this team go nine and three and still win the, the West? They're not always impressive. Their defense has some holes with the new defensive coordinator and losing multiple draft picks. 
but their defensive line is one of the best in America. Their quarterback is better than what they've had in a while. Isaiah Williams is still there. And if they figure out the running game, they could run through this schedule. They're probably going to lose two and go eight and four just because they're not that good. Uh, but yeah, possibility. The possibilities are endless. Um, Louisville beat Indiana 21-14. Nothing to say there. North Carolina beat Minnesota 31-13. Nothing to say there. Duke beat Northwestern 38-14. Man, it has to suck to beat Northwestern because, like, all of this, like, we're an academic school kind of thing, you can't say when you're playing Duke, who is also an academic school. So, you know, there you go. Virginia Tech, well, I don't know why I started with Virginia Tech. Rutgers beats Virginia Tech 35-16. If you remember, I've had a theory for a long time that the bottom of the Big Ten is better than most conferences and the bottom of those conferences just by the fact that they play in the Big Ten and that Rutgers and, and Maryland and some of these teams would be much better if they're in other leagues. You can't tell me that there's not a chance Maryland is the second best team in the ACC right now. They're not better than Florida State, but you can't tell me that you're confident that they're not better than Duke. You're confident that they're not better than North Carolina. Can't say that. I can't say it. Uh, Rutgers may only win four games because now they're in the, not in the Big Ten. I mean, well, they are in the Big Ten, but now they have to do the Big Ten slate. So they, they may only win, you know, one more other game. But 3-0 in the non-conference, that's what you want to see. Um, Iowa, 41 to 10. Oh, this, yeah, you got 41 points. Congrats. That's it. Your quarterback threw three interceptions. You got 41 points because you had scoring drives of 25, 33, and 17 yards. Shout out to the defense. Defense got a safety. Um, you turned an above average quarterback into a shit quarterback. You are a soulless program and uh lord have mercy on your souls lord have mercy for anyone who's watching this and who's a fan and enjoying it ohio state 63 to 10 uh this is everything that you needed to see from ohio state if you were a fan this is the last thing you wanted to see from ohio state if you were notre dame michigan penn state or anyone else who's probably going to have to play them the the cool thing about it is um everything. <laughs> I mean, their defense was absolutely dominant. Um, four, uh, they've two interceptions, one returned for a touchdown, three forced fumbles, two returned one. I don't know how the hell they didn't uh, pick that one up, but they didn't. Um, multiple other turnovers on down, um, two sacks, bunch of passes deflected, uh, pass breakups. Um, Kyle McCord was awesome. He had two bad plays, per se. Uh, one was just a missed throw early in the game. Had to settle his nerves. Um, the other was he um, held the ball too long, sack fumble. You know, that's not good, but they allowed 10 points. You live with that, right? That's something that you hope that he learns from as he gets older um, and as he gets more used to it. But if you look at his stats, he is top three 
in the Big Ten in every single category. And it is scary hours for the Big Ten because I, I'm I'm just it's safe to say that he's going to finish the season as the best quarterback in the Big Ten. Um, people thought it was JJ. Why? <laughs> Don't ask me. But JJ threw three interceptions against Bowling Green and looked awful. So, um, what else do you need to know about that? Uh, UCLA destroyed NC Central uh, by about a million points, fifty-nine to seven. Washington just bullied Michigan State 41-7, and it could have been much worse. Uh, Michigan State poverty program, um, hopefully they get a good coach in there. Washington, Washington is so fun for many reasons, largely because I don't like USC and I just don't care about some of the other ones. I would love for Washington to make the playoffs this year because I do think it would be cool for one of these, you know, Big Ten it's like one of these Pac-12, soon to be Big Ten schools to make the playoffs in the Pac-12 last year. I think that'd be perfect. They haven't made the playoffs in a very long time. For them to make the playoffs in the year that it disbands would just be, <laughs> that'd be so funny. Um, and for it to be Washington, the team that like everyone like this is and pretend Oregon and USC and all of them pretend is a, a poverty program when they're the only one of them that has ever made the playoffs would be awesome. That would be great. That'd be good to see. I just don't know if they do it because the Pac-12 is going to be an absolute bloodbath. It's going to be an absolute bare knuckle brawl. It's going to be the type of fights that Kimbo Slice got in. And if you don't know who Kimbo Slice is, you're too young to listen to this podcast. Um, But Google exists, so find out. Uh, Nebraska beats NIU 35-11. Nebraska replaced their quarterback. That's what you need to know. That's what they needed to do. Um, their quarter, their their redshirt sophomore quarterback, um, he played okay. But the the more important thing here, the really only thing of, of value, the really only thing that matters is he didn't turn the ball over, which gives you a chance to win. Bowling Green, oh my God, this is just the way it's in here, but this makes no sense. Michigan beats Bowling Green 31-6. to Not impressive. It's just not impressive. I'm sorry. I think that Michigan's going to be fine. Um, ultimately, I think there are still only two teams that can beat them. But I'm I'm working. I, I'm feeling good about my prediction that Michigan loses to both Penn State and Ohio State. I'm feeling pretty good about that with what I've seen from Michigan. Uh, this is a team that should perennially, perennially, perennially. Yearly, let's just go with yearly, to be in the competition for the Joe Moore Award, and they had to replace offensive linemen in this game. They took out their right tackle. They moved their left tackle to right tackle and brought in a new left tackle. That is not what you want to see. Uh, That's not what you want to see. And J.J. threw three interceptions. It could have been four. The running game did not look special. So I would be – I won't say concerned because their schedule is super easy – but I would be on the lookout for that, um, and I would be more interested in the Maryland game than I expected, and not that I think Maryland will win, but Maryland did play them well. So if and Maryland has always in the last three four years, it's funny to say always, and then but in the last three four years, um, Maryland has had really good corners and really good safeties. So if you're going to throw three interceptions and give Tulu the ball, 
that might get ugly for you. So I, I ultimately think they figured it out. I really think there's only two teams that can beat them. But I, I, I contend, as I've said before, that this is not this is not Penn State's most talented team. Syracuse beats Purdue 35-20. Rough year for Purdue, year one. Oregon dominates Hawaii 55 to 10. So uh, I am slowly but surely expanding my lead. I'm expanding my lead. I'm doing good things. Uh, I'm, I'm exerting my dominance in the picks segment. Dante went 13 and two this week. I went 14 and one. I was Syracuse away from going 15 and 0. That was, that was almost a good thing for me. So in total, uh, I am 45 and four. Dante is 43 and six. It only takes a couple games, baby. It only takes a couple games. It only takes a couple. And I'm getting some 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 nice college football apparel. Uh, Dante still hasn't bought my college football apparel from last year. So we're going to have to get on that. I-80 player of the week. This one was easy on offense. Michael Penix Jr. of Washington. 26 for 34, 469 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. I don't think you can have a game better than that. So that that's that, that's that. Defense, um, in my most recent article that should have went up today, Big Thoughts, if you like the podcast and you like to read sports articles, follow landgrantholyland.com. Check us out. Check me out. I write two articles weekly, Big Thoughts, which is about the Big Ten, and Cover Six, which is about the Ohio State defense, specifically and only. But in that, I wrote that the defensive tackles are now the prettiest girls at the ball. They are now the girls that everyone wants. They're the showstoppers. They're the ones that you turn your head, right? Defensive ends, that meme that everyone uses. Defensive end is the girl that's walking with the guy, right? And defensive tackles walk by and the guy cranes his neck and makes the face like, ooh, what is that? Like, who, who is that? That's the defensive tackles right now in, in football. Tyreek Williams had a great game for Ohio State against Western Kentucky. He had seven tackles, one tackle for a loss, a sack, a fumble recovered for – and that fumble was recovered for a touchdown, so he got a big man touchdown. And the funniest thing about this fumble recovery, right, is that – uh, this is the second fumble that Ohio State struggled to recover. The first one they just didn't recover. And this was all over the place. It was in the end zone. And Tyleek just like goes up to the pile, manhands everyone just on his knees. He's not even in the pile. He just gets on his knees at the pile and just like reaches under and just pulls the ball out and then stands up with it. Cuts down. Defensive tackles are the prettiest girl at the ball. You're not uh, attracted the defensive tackles. What are we doing here? Um, AP poll, which is awful. I, I really don't know why I do this, but other people care about it. And it is indicative of what the college football media who knows nothing about football thinks about the teams. It's, it's a good reference point, at least. Michigan, number two. USC, number five. How USC is over Ohio State, does it, I don't know. Or Penn State. I don't know. Don't ask me. Michigan, number two, USC, number five, Ohio State, number six, Penn State, number seven, Washington, number eight. 
Notre Dame was number nine. Notre Dame is not in the Big Ten, although they should be, but this is a 6-9, not 69. Get your head out together. A 6-9 matchup. And um, where the hell are... Oh, my God. Where the hell is Notre Dame? Mm, doesn't matter. I'm losing it. I'm also getting close to my 45 minutes, so I'm going to get out of here. Uh, Notre Dame is nine, so it's a six versus nine matchup versus Ohio State versus Notre Dame on a Saturday. Oregon is 10. And UCLA is 22. Iowa is 24. So for those who can't count, including myself, Michigan makes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight again of the top 25 teams are of the current and future Big Ten are in the top 25 of the AP poll. So that's cool ish. Next week, what do we got next week? Wisconsin at Purdue. Like, I couldn't be, I couldn't begin to tell you what's going to happen in that game because neither team is playing to any sort of expectation. Both teams are with new head coaches. Wisconsin should be the more talented and the better coach team. But do we believe that? I'll let you answer if you believe that. Okay? You tell me. If you believe after three weeks that Wisconsin is going to be the better coach team. And um, if you're watching, well, obviously you're not watching it now, but if you are watching Monday Night Football, as I'm watching Monday Night Football while I'm doing this, uh, Mr. Massage Me, just do a pick six on the first throw of the game. So, nine seconds in, pick six. Take for that what you will. Um, okay, Rutgers at Michigan. Sorry, Rutgers. The, the fun ends here. The bug stops here. Maryland at Michigan State. <laughs> um, you... You went from one explosive offense to, albeit a lesser one, but another explosive offense. So, um, <laughs> good luck. Iowa at Penn State. Drew Aller, sorry to tell you, this is going to be a tough game for you. You should still win the game because Iowa, there's absolutely no way in hell Iowa can move the ball against the Penn State defense. But you just threw two. No, you didn't throw interceptions. That's the best thing about you. You don't throw interceptions. You just played a horrible game. Only 200 yards passing. Less, less than 50% completion percentage. But you're going to throw an interception. You might throw two interceptions in this game. So this is going to be a tough stretch, but it is going to give Penn State a look into the psyche and into the mentality of their young quarterback. Because will he fold? Will he buckle? Will he? Yes, Jason. I mean, will he just fold under pressure, or will he figure it out? Um, it's gonna be fun to see. 
fun is a relative term because that game's not going to be fun to watch. It's not going to be good to watch at all, but it is a game that is going to happen and you are going to learn some things about Penn State and Drew Allen. Ohio State at Notre Dame, this game speaks for itself. If I wouldn't have put the, you know, 45 minutes on myself, I would talk about this longer, but I will say this, just just this. I'm putting it on the line. Ohio State wins this game by 17 or more points. Notre Dame is a fraud. Ohio State's defense is legit. Notre Dame does not have a better receiving talent than Western Kentucky, and I'm not entirely sure they have a better quarterback, and Ohio State entirely shut them down, um, almost 100 yards under average, only 10 points, four turnovers. Um, I think that Ohio State's secondary is legit. I think that Notre Dame is going to try to run the ball, and when Ohio State has Steel Chambers <clears throat> playing at a high level, excuse me, and Tommy Eichenberg, clearly the best middle linebacker in college football, I think that that's going to be a tough task. Now, can the offensive line hold up? Can Kyle McCord play mistake-free football? That's going to be the test. I don't think Wisconsin, I don't think Notre Dame can do enough to win this game, but I think Ohio State can lose it if Kyle McCord comes out and has a J.J. McCarthy-type game where he throws three interceptions and just looks awful. Um, so we'll see. But I, I think that this is a game that Ohio State just has to go out and exert their dominance, not to the level of Western Kentucky, but they need to go out and, and win this game and show themselves to be a contender. Because the cool thing, and this, as Ohio State fans know who listen to this, if there are any of you, Ohio State always win a national championship when they're not supposed to. And so I'm not saying that they're going to win it this year. But this is their, like, we thought last year was their best chance, but Georgia was still Georgia, even though they had C.J. Stroud and the receivers. But it was also the first year of the defense and a bunch of young players. If Kyle McCord can be a guy, not not even the guy, just a guy, they have a chance with how the rest of college football looks and with the fact that the Pac-12 is going to cannibalize itself. Akron at Indiana. That's a game. Florida Atlantic at Illinois. That is also a game that exists. Louisiana Tech at Nebraska. This should be another game for Nebraska's young quarterback to develop some confidence and to steal the job away from Jeff Sims for good. Minnesota at Northwestern. Yuck. USC at Arizona State. Also sort of yuck, especially because I think Jaden Rashada got injured. So we won't get to see the good, fun, young quarterback against that. Awful, awful defense. California at Washington. Yuck. Washington's going to put up another million points in a thousand yards and and just run that one out of business before their schedule starts to get a little tougher. Colorado at Oregon. Um, I'm on the Dion train. I'm on the Colorado train um, of sorts. I do not believe that they are going to win more than six or seven games, but I believe that he has changed them for good. I believe that he has changed college football positively. I believe that the the hating on the transfer portal and things like that is overblown. Um, I believe that the hating on him talking trash is overblown. He's always done that. Uh, I, I, I think that 
what's more important are the positives. What's more important is that he brought a historically black fraternity to Colorado just by being there because his coaching staff has black players, has black Greeks, and they brought that. And that is something that the black and brown students at Colorado will get to experience. What's important is that he's bringing in so much money that he's requesting that they use that money to bring back men's baseball and some other sports because Colorado does not sponsor a lot of sports because they didn't have the money to. Um, whether you like it or not, game day and big noon kickoff have been there for three straight weeks for um, game day. And I think one or three straight weeks for big noon kickoff and one of them is going to be at the Oregon game. That is exposure. That is experience. Like these kids are going to, you know, watch the TV copy and record the video of themselves holding up their sign, the video of themselves getting to shake hands with people. These students and these players are getting to meet famous people. And some of these guys aren't going to make it to the NFL, but they're going to get some connections and some exposure that could allow them to be successful in whatever area of life um, and through mentorship and various things like that these players and these fans are going to have an experience of a lifetime. They're going to have moments where they can tell their grandkids that I was at that game and I did this and I stormed the field when Colorado did blank. I think it is severely <clears throat> overrated and frankly, borderline discriminatory for some people. Don't be offended. I'm not saying all of you, but some of you, your racism is showing. Um, I don't think that's anyone that listens here, but like people like Danny Cannell, who was like, you know, who was like relishing and hating on Dion. Yeah. You're not slick, buddy. Um, <clears throat> UCLA at Utah. That's going to be an interesting game. Um, that's going to be a very interesting game. Uh, we're going to get to see the young quarterback against uh, this defense. We're going to see if Utah can continue it without their quarterback or if their quarterback is finally going to return. Uh, it's going to be a fun game. This is a, a decent week in the Big Ten, and it's an even better week overall. Um, the Sickles game of the week is Minnesota at Northwestern because why the hell would you watch that? Like, even I don't want to watch that. So, and I like Sickles games, and I write in podcasts about the Big Ten, and I'm not sure that that is getting a single second of airtime in my life. So, yeah. All right. Going to get out of here. I'm, I'm doing well in the 45 minutes. And if anyone sees this and say it's 46 or 47 minutes, shut up. Because it's not me. There's ads. My talking time is going to be under 45 minutes. No one asked you, okay? Um, very quickly. Football players are human, all right? The kid, the, 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 the Colorado kid who um, straight up tried to and successfully injured uh, Travis Hunter is still a human, okay? Um, I fully believe that if I was a Colorado player, he could have seen me on the field. He could have seen me in the locker room. He could have seen me on the parking lot. We could have had Michigan, Michigan State brawl 2.0. Because you intentionally late hit a player and injured him. Lacerated his kidney out minimum of three weeks. And for what? Right? That, I believe, should be dealt with. But it should not be dealt with in a way that is you and obviously not you listening to this, 
but you people, whatever, sending death threats, finding and posting him and his family's phone number on social media, finding and posting his address, his parents' address, and his dorm or college apartment on social media. That is insane. Should Shador and Shiloh have pieced him up on the sideline? Maybe. Maybe. Um, I don't know that I speak for retribution, but should someone have, you know, hit him? Even if you didn't injure him, hit him a little hard, blocked him a little extra, you know, put him into the ground or something? Natural consequences? Maybe. Right? Could you have met him on the team bus? Hey. Maybe. But those are people who are directly involved, and those are people who are protecting their teammates. And Colorado chose not to do that, and that's fine. But you, again, not you listening, the royal you, do not get the right to issue death threats over football. He didn't kill him. That's where the kid did it. It hurts, right? It, it can't be fun. But you'll be okay. And, and you do not have to traumatize this kid and his parents and his family because he made a stupid decision. It's not worth that. It's not worth the death threats. But that's it. I'm out of here at 44 minutes and 55 seconds. You can follow me at JordanW330. And we'll see you next time.